Thank you very much. It's great to be here at West Coast Baptist College. You can be seated. It's great to be here at West Coast Baptist College and Lancaster Baptist Church. Uh, I remember the first time that Cindy and I came here and uh, just in awe, you know, it's just this thing is huge, uh, especially coming from, from Moab. And uh, I'm looking around thinking, what is it that I can take back with me? And I'm looking around going, well, I can't take any of the sound equipment of all the crazy things. I can't do that. I can't turn around and, you know, there's just a lot of things I couldn't do. But then I walked into the bathroom. Praise the Lord for bathrooms. Walked into the bathroom and there were mints there and I thought, I can do that. And so that's why we have mints at the restroom at Moai Baptist Church. And, and all the parents are very ecstatic. We keep all the dentists in, uh, in business there in Moab. And we're just trying to be a blessing to a number of folks that way. But it's always good to be here. And uh, wasn't that a great banquet last night? That was a good banquet. We had a good time. I, I, the, the food was tremendous. I have a question though. How many here ate all your Brussels sprouts? Please raise your hand. That was good. That was good. How many of you did not even think about those green things? Shame on you. Shame on you. Doom on you. It's about how it is. And uh, how many of you tried? I just want to know, how many of you gave it a, you gave it a big old biggie? There you go. Thank you for that. Uh, my next question is, is how many, that was the first time you ever saw those things? Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I want you to know that I ate every one of them. Amen. Amen. I thought it was good. I, I, I was excited about it. It was like, yes, yes. My wife did not. It was wisdom. It was wisdom. Uh, but I ate every one of them. And so I, I, just, I, I just felt that I needed to share that with you, and I trust it will be a help. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I do want to thank the staff for their tremendous work last night. The drama was great. Hospitality has been phenomenal. Appreciate the... Uh, uh, just appreciate all the, the, the faculty here. Greatly appreciate Brother Chapel, and he's been a tremendous blessing, encouragement to my family and to our church family over the many years that I have known him. But here we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And the Bible tells us over here in verse 10. Now if Timotheus comes, see that, ye may be, that he may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord as I also do. Let no man therefore despise him, but conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren. As touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desired him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will was not at all to come at this time, but he will come when he shall have convenient time. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong, let all your things be done with charity. Father, I pray that you would encourage us today. I pray, Father, that you would help us. 
I've already had the classes, some classes this morning and more to do this afternoon and rest of the day and study and work and traveling and all that's going on. Father, for a short time here today, I pray that you would help our minds to be focused at the task at hand. Lord, we need to hear something from you. I pray, dear God, that you would give me great grace. I pray that your word would go forth as it's intended to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I would like to address the men. Now, ladies, of course, there's much in this for you. But in our society, the role of a masculine man is not well liked. A man simply being a man is so often ridiculed in media and in the public at large. For instance, in the last vice presidential debate, Vice President Pence was accused by those of the media of mansplaining. I had no clue what that even meant. It's a new word. But just when you debate, it's now, you're now ridiculed, especially if in that setting there was a, a lady who was involved as well. But we're not talking about a man who behaves in an abusive or a perverted or a fleshly or even an effeminate manner. What we're talking about are men who are simply men, who are manly, who are godly. And by the way, these are what our world desperately needs, especially in an uncertain time like we have now. And ladies, our world desperately needs godly, feminine ladies who love the Lord. But the Word of God places tremendous responsibility on men just simply being men, godly men, courageous men, bold men, men who are ready, willing, and capable of living by faith. Forging ahead in adversity, being pillars of leadership in their homes and in their churches and in their communities. And how we need good men to rise up in our homes, in our schools, in all levels of government and in churches. And we need men who will stand for right and stand for God and stand for their women, their mothers their wives, their daughters, their children, and their responsibilities and roles. We come here to this wonderful book of 1 Corinthians. Paul penned this letter under the miraculous inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. And as you well know, this church was having a lot of problems because they had allowed behavior that was considered even by the world to be typical and acceptable and permissive, but even the world considered it to be vile and odd in certain instances. But this behavior was allowed to permeate and infiltrate and enter the local assembly. You know, sin causes problems in the world and in society, and we recognize that, and it causes problems within the home, and we know that, and we know that sin also causes problems in the church. And why did this happen? Well, it could be that they just didn't know any better. And I imagine there were several within the church body, new, new believers or people who were there. They, they might have just didn't know any better. You know, let, let's face it, folks just don't know. 
You know, there are times when they just have no clue. It just has never crossed their mind. And what I have found is that they will typically do what they've been taught to do and what they know. And so why did sin come into that church there in 1 Corinthians, uh, in that church there in Corinth? Well, it could be that they just didn't know any better. It could be that they were just simply not paying attention and, uh, or, or they thought it, whatever it might, may have been, could never happen to them. You know, and that happens too. We can go about our lives kind of clueless. It's not going to happen to me. I've, I've got all these things all set up, and I've got these rules, and I got this, and I got that, and, 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 we, and it kind of defies our imagination that, that, well, it could actually happen to us. My grandpa was, he was 95 when he died a few years ago. He was a World War II vet. At age 21, he was a B-26 pilot. B-26, most people don't know what a B-26 is. They're used to the heavies. They're used to the B-17s, B-24, even the B-25. They're used to those. But when you talk about a B-26, it's a a medium bomber. It's the fastest one that that, uh, the U.S. Army Air Corps had. And it carried a larger payload, or about the same payload of bombs and armament as, as a B-17. It had a little problem. It was known as the Widowmaker. They used to have a saying down in Tampa, Florida, when they were doing their training and, and, and all of that during World War II, they would call it, one a day in Tampa Bay. That meant one B-26 would crash every day in Tampa Bay. Well, my grandpa was a B-26 pilot, and, and he was 21 years old. That's young. He was fighting World War II, and, and I asked him later on, I said, so Gramps, I said, uh, uh, how, how did you guys do that? And he says, Cole, he says, the fact of the matter is, we just didn't think it could ever happen to us. He said, we look back on things now, and it's like, why did I do that? And it's the truth. We have a tendency at times to think uh, that, that something is not going to happen to us. So in this last chapter of 1 Corinthians, we read of some instructions that Paul gives as he makes his closing remarks, and he does some encouraging and challenging, some edifying and exhorting. For a brief moment, let's see Paul's appeal for men to be men, and you probably haven't heard a sermon like this at all, have you? Not at all. But let's look at this thing again. So we look at this, we find, first of all, the capable reinforcements that are there. This epistle was, was help enough to those believers in Corinth. They received the letter. And it's a great help to us today. And, but, but really, in all reality, a personal touch added to this letter. And it's something that is always beneficial. We praise the Lord for modern technology to, to, to be able to FaceTime around the world, to receive real-time information, to live stream church services to have online classes you know it's great help for missionaries modern technology it makes that very distant mission field really close to home it makes it to where you feel like you're not totally completely lost and out of touch with everything it's great for missionaries it it makes this world small it keeps distant families really close together Cindy and I have three children. We have five grandchildren. And this morning, uh, Cindy was FaceTiming with our daughter who lives in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. 
and she, we were able to talk to Nora, and we were able to talk to Judson, our grandchildren, and, and it's exciting. They think we're the flat grandparents, you know, the flat grandparents, because they don't get to see us. They get to see us on video, on the screen, and all of that. And we're able to FaceTime with our daughter in, in, in Delta, Utah as well, and her, grand, and her kids. And, and it's a great thing. We love modern technology. However wonderful these are, they cannot replace, though, the in-person aspect of life. If COVID-19 has taught us something... It's that the old school ways of reaching out to people, a handwritten letter, face-to-face -face meetings, in-person services, they are not outdated. As a matter of fact, we began to really realize how really important that was, and that was needed. Live human interaction is something that is always vital. As these Corinthian believers are addressing the various issues that Paul gives remedies for, Paul states that he would like to have two very capable godly men come alongside them to reinforce their faith and to reinforce their courage and to reinforce their doctrine. Many folks over the years have done that for Cindy and I, and it's always seemed to be the older folks would come along. I think of Bert and Linda Singletary. I think of Stan and Jackson Blake. I think of of Harvey and Lois Seidel, as well as others who had come alongside and just encourage us and help us. I remember Brother Singletary, he pastored for 35 years in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's now out in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and living on his, on his son's property and, and uh, up there in years having some health issues. But yeah, he, came along, he came to our church one time and he set me down and he says, Cole, I want you to look out. We're sitting in a restaurant and he says, Cole, I want you to look out. Actually, he didn't say it like that. He said, Brother Howe, I want you to look out. I want you to see all these people here. And he get his hand. He go, all these people here. He said, you need to know, one of these days, they're going to need you. They might not go to your church, but they're going to need you. They're going to need you to pray with them. They're going to need you for a funeral. They're going to need you for some counseling. They're going to need you. And sure enough, and I appreciated that as a help because I thought I was insignificant and I was struggling. But God brought along some people. And so we read of Timothy in verses 10 and 11. We read of Apollos in verse 12. And folks, we're grateful for those who come alongside of us and for those who strengthen and for those who encourage and for those who help and for those who even correct us. You know, Proverbs 27 and verse 6, the Bible says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. We're grateful for men who can handle the Word of God, using it to help us in our Christian life as we grow in the faith. They teach us doctrine. They teach us principles. And Ephesians 4 outlines the reasons for the gift of pastors and teachers. And may I remind you that our God never expects His people to go it alone. He never expects His people to simply improvise. And He never expects His people to just do the best that they can and just try to figure this thing out. And it really helps Hebrews chapter 10 make perfect sense where the Bible says in verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promise and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more 
as you see the day approaching. We look at Timothy. He was trained by Paul. Verse 10, Paul says, He worketh the work of the Lord as also I do. The idea here is that Paul is, that Timothy is Paul 2.0 to a certain extent. He was trained and he was mentored by Paul and his mode of operation would be much like Paul's. Then you have Apollos when he was young and zealous but not altogether grounded completely in the faith was greatly influenced by that dynamic discipleship duo Aquila and Priscilla there in Acts chapter 18 who were very close to Paul. As a matter of fact, Paul states in verse 19 here, he says, Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord. And according to Acts chapter 19, these people there in Corinth already knew who Apollos was. These men, Timothy and Apollos, they were to help the Corinthian believers. They were there to reinforce them, to challenge them, to be an encouragement, to be a blessing. Now listen, in your future ministries, maybe even it's the case right now, you'll find yourself lonely or standing alone or facing a struggle alone, or simply in need of some fellowship, simply in need of some encouragement. And that doesn't go just for the men. That's even for the ladies as well. Did you know that God has his capable reinforcements who can navigate those moments and those seasons with you? Pastor Chapel continually speaks of Dr. Sisk and Dr. Curtis Hudson and Dr. Lee Robertson and Dr. David Gibbs and so many others. What are they? They are capable reinforcements. And they might not even be somebody who's well-known. They might not even be somebody who is pastoring or something like that. It could be somebody within your own ministry who God has used to be a help to you. This gives all new meaning to that delightful proverb that I'm still wrapping my brain around trying to figure out what it's even talking about. But over in Proverbs 25, verse 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Just something nice, something helpful. We notice number two, the clear responsibilities. Verse 13, the Bible says this, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, and be strong. See, that's, we think about that word responsibilities, and we find that these are clear responsibilities. That word responsibility is a very scary word, especially to a wide array of age groups in 2020, and it's not just to millennials or younger or whatever your age group is or my age group is. I don't even know. I get all confused because sometimes they all act alike. But we read now where these capable reinforcements are needed to assist with clear responsibilities. We are to be guarded. The Bible says, watch ye, watch ye. Then the Bible instructs us to watch. Ladies, the Bible instructs you to watch, to watch, to pay attention to, to heed, to notice, to look with intention. We're not to be fooled. We're to watch the dangers that surround us, and and there are dangers that surround us. Notice the detail. Notice the things that are there. Pay attention to these things. Folks, we're always confronted by the world. We're always confronted by the flesh. We're always confronted by the devil. And Christian, watch for the devil and his tricks. Watch your flesh and its issues and its tendencies. Watch the world and its draw. Watch the world and its appeal. 
These always seek to distract. They always seek to destroy the Christian. And if we're watching, what are we guarding against? What is it that we're, we're guarding? Well, those things that are susceptible to the onslaught of sin. For instance, we're watching ourselves. We're watching our marriages. We're watching our homes. We're watching our children. We're watching our health. We're watching our reputation, our testimony for Christ. We're watching our churches. So we're to be guarded. But we're also to be steadfast. The Bible says, stand fast in the faith. The truth of the matter is, we're to know our Bibles. And we're to know good doctrine. We're to know doctrine about salvation, about the person of God, about the person of Christ, about the importance of the local church, even about end times. We're to know sound doctrine. We're to know why we believe what we believe and why we are what we are as Bible-believing Baptists. And there are plenty of issues in life that are thrown at us that cause our faith to be shaken. Life issues. Health issues. Financial issues. Political issues. Church issues. Discouragement. Trouble. Things that come in and eventually we begin to see that there's now a little root of bitterness beginning to grow. We're to be steadfast. As we look at this, we continue to see some things here that uh, men especially, we are to be manly. The Bible says, quit you like men, be strong. We're not talking about macho, we're just simply talking about be Quit you like men. Be strong. Christian, the idea here is to act like the man. To play the man. To be the man. To be strong. To be tough. To have a thick skin. To make decisions. To step out in faith. To deal with the hard things. In ministry, the hard things in life. Don't be clueless. Don't be careless. Be proactive, be forward-moving, willing to address issues, rise to a challenge, remain faithful, and remain strong. That phrase, man of God, is used 78 times throughout the Bible. 78 times. I believe that we are to be men of God. Men of God. Listen, as a man of God, there is no room for weakness. There's no room for cowardice. You say, I'm scared to death. Fine, but don't be a coward. There's no room to run from the enemy. There's no room to quit the battle. Be a man of understanding. Be a man of undertaking. So the capable reinforcements... The clear responsibilities, and number three, the charitable role. The charitable role. Verse 14, let all your things be done with charity. As we move through this difficult world, warring against the world, warring against the flesh, warring against the devil, you know, it's vital that we have a heart. Be wise. Have a concern, be compassionate, have good balance because we deal with 
Very impressionable people. One of the characters that I like in the Bible is a guy by the name of Jacob. You've probably heard of him. I think of Jacob when he said to Esau, this was after that wrestling match that Brooke Jabuk, when the Lord reached down and touched the hollow of his thigh. He woke up that next morning and he walked like he never walked before very distinctively. That next morning, he went out to meet his brother Esau. They hadn't seen each other in a while, and Esau was amazed at all the herds and the flocks that he had and the servants and the wives. That would set you back a little bit, wives and kids, all that. And he looks at Jacob, and he says, My men will help, and you come over to my house, we'll have a good old banquet. Here's what Jacob tells Esau. He says, I will lead on softly. Why? Because there were others there who were more important, and he was concerned then about them. How will we allow things to be done with charity in the middle of this conflict? May I suggest that we allow for growth? You know, growing is so every day. Tomorrow we go to Delta, or today we go to Delta, Utah. That's just on the brink of Never Never Land. We get over there to Delta, Utah, and tomorrow our oldest granddaughter, she turns seven, has her birthday. I don't know how she's turned seven other than the fact that it just happened every day. Every day. She finally got there. But growing is every day. It's a a long while in coming. And give people room to grow in the Lord, to mature in their faith, to make mistakes and to learn from them. We can become hypercritical, and God spare us from that. But allow for growth, allow for grace. What's that? Be kind. Be gracious. Be compassionate. Be forgiving. Speak the truth in love. That's tough. I find that those who fall all over themselves teaching about grace are many times not the most gracious of people. We want and we need folks to extend grace and kindness and forgiveness to us, but let's be sure to do so to them as well. And then also allow for God. Let's not forget that our God is sovereign. We hear things like, God's got this. God's in control. And I totally agree. But sometimes I think we forget that he really is sovereign. His ways and thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His timetable is most definitely not our timetable. He is all-knowing and all-powerful and always present. He is always at work and nothing ever takes him by surprise whatsoever. And so let's allow him to do his work, to intervene, to convince, and to change. Because I think the longer that we are in ministry, the more we realize we really don't have any control over anything. 
Let's allow our God to bolster us up, giving us courage in this important hour, but mostly conforming us to the image of his dear son. As I come to a close, can I just ask the question? Here's an appeal for men to be men, for Christians to be Christians, for believers to be believers, for us to be able to take a stand on this interesting hour of our lives. But is the Lord welcome in your life to change you even now?